We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the stupidest game plan I've ever seen. And you know what, Greg Roman, every single person needs to apologize to you because you got blamed for everything about what was wrong in Baltimore. And it wasn't you because this this new guy that we uh, praised the hell out of. Todd Munkin. Yeah, Todd Munkin. By the way, with the new guy. You, you don't have Tom Brady. Do you realize your quarterback is Lamar Jackson? Not Tom Brady. What in the hell are you doing dropping back 82% of the time? This is a team that led the NFL in rushing attempts. They had six whopping rushing attempts yeah. to, the, to the running backs. So Spike's like, I'll put every little dude. Hey, RC, you go play D-tackle because they ain't going to run the ball. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> All right, so Monday after reaction, the day after reaction, overreaction Monday. That may not be an overreaction, but we're going to give our thoughts to that and a whole lot more coming up in this day after live stream. I'm Bobby Trossett, Sarah Ellison alongside, as always, Kadri Ismael coming up in just a second right now, former Super Bowl winning Ravens wide receiver of a partner. There's a lot to get into. We've got player reaction. We'll obviously get into Rex's comments. Let's bring in Q right now before we get this conversation really started. And your initial thoughts, Q, to what you just heard there from Rex, who is no stranger to not mincing words, as we've all seen throughout his time transitioning from coach to media member. Well, first and foremost, I have like so many notes across my table here, and I am sitting here like mother of pearl. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to kind of dissect it all. But with that said, I see Rex doing his Rex thing with – Regards of you know ESPN and, and being you know loud and 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 trying to make these outlandish statements, but mother of pearl, there is some truth in there somewhere somehow some way, yeah. Because I'm not I personally am not a pro Greg Roman or an anti Greg Roman. I am not a pro Todd Munkin or an anti Todd Munkin. I am a uh, a Ravens obviously former player, but I'm a Ravens fan who desires to see what can you do to maximize the talent that's on the field to be successful, period, end of discussion. And with that said, it was an abject failure on the part of the coaching staff to not have a good game plan or a counterpunch 
That was the undoing of Greg Roman. He had no counterpunch at times when teams would adjust. And, and like for the life of me, I can't figure out why Todd and T. Martin, who I think they both are that inner, 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 inner circle of Lamar when it comes to like, hey, how are you feeling? What are you doing? What's the game plan? Like, what, what you know, this is what we feel we can do to help you. Uh, let's change this up or, you know, think about this mechanic or think about that or think about, you know, a, a receiver coach might come to me. Hey, man, my guys are like doing this, this, this and this. All right, I got you. Now I'm the buffer between you and all the outside noise. Hey, you know, Lamar, let's look at the uh, tablet and let's check out. Oh, yeah. You know what? If, if you got this guy, you can easily check it down to him. Get rid of the football. Or maybe we want to do slide protection here because of the way the defense is looking. And we're going to have that hot read. Whatever that esotericness is, I didn't I didn't feel, sense, see any of it. And, and it, it just like I want to gouge my eyes out because they they had everything at their disposal this entire year why now in the most critical of moments you fail to 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 capitalize and make the necessary adjustments yeah i i just to add to that um i think that rex is right uh, I, he says it in his own rex kind of way and like you said q in an espn kind of way but you know i've i've thought a lot about this since last night bobby when we went live and we kind of went through how the offense didn't show up and we said that nobody escapes blame. And I've thought about it more and it is <coughs> baffling that in, I need to go, I want to go back and look at every, every single one, but at least three playoff losses, the Ravens have completely abandoned who they are. Why does this keep happening? 2019? Running backs had a total of nine carries in that divisional round against the Titans. Last year when Lamar – so we got we got a different quarterback. Tyler Huntley's there. J.K. Dobbins is upset. He wants the ball at the goal line. You forget about your running back in that big moment. And then here we are again, and now your running backs have six carries. So regardless of who's been at quarterback – Regardless who is, of who has been an offensive coordinator, the Ravens continue to abandon their own identity. And I can hear people say, well, well, they're stacking the box. They're they're playing the defensive coordinator is playing against that. They're well, no fake the defensive coordinator is doing that. I'm tired of the Ravens allowing the opposing playoff teams dictating to them who they're going to be in the biggest moments. Of course, Bagnola was going to game plan against the number one rushing team. Of course, the Titans did that. <laughs> Just like Mike McDonald, I'm sure, all week was saying, we're game planning against Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. But the Chiefs didn't voluntarily say, okay, let's not throw against Kelsey because the Ravens are plastered all over him. They waited until the second quarter even to be like, oh, okay, now they're they're figuring it out. But they started out going to their superstar. So to me, this is something that as much as I love Harbaugh and I do, and I love everything that he brings to the table, this is a recurring theme under him, regardless of the quarterback and regardless of the offensive coordinator. And he cannot allow it anymore. It has to stop. Stop letting 
good, great defenses in the playoffs dictate to you who your identity is going to be. So that is why I believe that Rex Ryan is right. As much as I'm, st- I'm glad they moved on from Greg Roman. I think it was the right approach. Todd Munkin did a better job of marrying the passing game to the, to the running game, but then it was divorced. It was divorced yesterday. And it starts with the game plan. And then let's let you, you just cannot forget also, Lamar Jackson is a dual threat quarterback. Maybe the best to ever play. Okay, dual threat. And Rex is right again. You drop back 82% of the time. You know what? Tom Brady isn't Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson isn't Tom Brady. Lamar has been has made great strides in the passing game. And we've commended him all year. But why take away one of his threats? And that's both the game plan and Lamar. Use both. Threaten with both. And that is probably uh, – that's that's just why I think Rex is correct. I mean, to drop back 82% of the time when you're the one, number one rushing team and then Lamar could have, you know, scrambled more and used his other threat. So, to me, it was just like you got to be who you are in the playoffs. Force them to stop you, but don't just give up on it. And they gave up from it from the jump. Long before the three turnovers, long before <laughs> three of 11 in terms of third down efficiency or, in this case, inefficiency – Long before losing their cool a little bit from a discipline standpoint, there was this unwillingness, Q, to establish the run like we've been talking about. And that, to me, out of all these things that we're going to dissect over the next hour, that is the most miffing. That, that's what leaves you most miffed. How do you establish what you're – how do you go away from what your calling card has been? And why do you go out and sign, like some folks have, have mentioned in the comments – why do you go inside Dalvin Cook if you're not going to use the two horses in front of him or that horse who showed a little bit of burst in the second half against Houston? One of the things that I looked at from the standpoint, they had their first drive, uh, three plays, and they were three and out. Um, they did run the ball to Justice Hill, and it was a one-yard gain. Um at the same time, you saw Lamar, who then scrambled on second and nine, and it was for two yards. Defense looked like they were like, yo, we're fast, we're ready, we're ready to go. And then, of course, the incomplete pass to, to Nelly, which, again, in a playoff situation, you can not drop the ball, period. End of discussion. That's why uh, the one dude, uh, Kadarius Tony, was inactive and he was acting like all oh, whatever and weird. Man, you were dropping the ball so much. They were like, nah, bro, you ain't messing up our run. My point is, is that that first drive, in my mind, I was like, oh, shit. Here we go. If Justice Hill, that simple run to the right for one yard, what I felt was, huh. Greg Roman's run offense, one of the things that Todd Munkin was very much saying, we will utilize some of the good from it. I was thinking, okay, like, where's your creative juices? Why not move and shift the offensive line to be offset and out leverage really what the Spags defensive front was going to be about? And they did it. They just kind of gave a generic handoff, and it was a one-yard game. Like, I 
I'm of the adage, okay, we're going to do what we do best. But at the same time, if you guys try to take it away, we're going to make you think about it. And so what I then saw from Kansas City aspect of things, when they got the ball, right away, they go ahead to Travis Kelsey. And what it, it, back in the day, it used to be called um, uh, an option. They call it an option route now, but it was D-O-D-G-E, Dodge, a Dodge route. And it that was the origins of it was in the Washington Redskins system, Minnesota Vikings kind of took it over. They had a great receiver, Hall of Famer, and uh, Chris Carter. And, oh, my God, like Travis Kelsey has made it his thing. The very first time out, four yards, because it was a simple little dodge route, and it just kind of like set the tone from there. And they go down this methodical drive of a mixture of pass and run. What is my point? Their creativity of like, this is what we're going to do. We know you are going to try to take it away. But at the same time, we're going to make y'all think. And in that, that's where the creativity or lack of creativity with Todd Munkin, just from the start, that little bit was like, it, it, sh- it shook me a little bit. Like, damn it. You know, this is your opportunity like they did because they, they did it. They did it against the Seahawks. They did it against the Lions. They did it against San Francisco. They did it against these upper tier teams. Like I was like, yo, this is why y'all the number one seed because y'all not afraid to go into the Lions den and or play people at home, lock the ball and make sure that they got to defend that 53 and the third that we talked about. But it was a creativity and I didn't see, I saw zero creativity and, and, it, and it's a head-scratcher to me as to why. Sarah, something we saw happen far too often this year from a pass game standpoint was what was referred to through the media in their press conferences, whether it was Lamar or John or, or whoever, as miscommunication, right? Miscommunication came up often, especially from a deep ball standpoint. I thought that's something that Brian Baldinger pointed out really, really well in one of his breakdowns that I wanted to play in a crucial, crucial play between Lamar and Rashad Bateman. Again, all too familiar between these two. He had been coming on of late, just one target last night. And this, this right here is one that they're going to be thinking about for a while. But, but again, I don't want to magnify this moment. It was important, but I'm bringing it up because we saw this just too, too, too often throughout the season. Here's a play third and one. Okay. Third and one right now in the fourth quarter. Ravens down 17-14. Chiefs do a great job of staying in their two-deep shell. Lamar's got no place to go. Chiefs are just trying to keep them boxed in. They're not even trying to sack him. And he gets out right here, and here comes Rashad Bateman. And he's telling Bateman right here, look, scramble drill. Go deep. Because if he goes deep, there's nobody here. It's a huge play. But Bateman goes short, and he doesn't go deep. If he goes deep... It's a big play. So the play ends. Bateman's frustrated. Lamar's like, dude, come on, man. Go deep. Like, I got you. I Miscommunication. Offense in the passing game has still got a long way to go. Just go deep. Come on, scramble drill. Let's go. Just kind of a perfect example for the lack of rhythm, the lack of cohesion 
it started early and and it transpired and and trickled down into a key moment there in the fourth quarter. What's, I'm, what's, I'm, I'm, ahead, I apologize. May, may I may I please? I, I'm I'm like I'm I'm stirring. Me, whole time stirring. Stirring. I'm pissed. <laughs> okay, I get it, but Isaiah likely was coming open. Get rid of the football right now. I get it as far as the scramble drill. Rashad, I, I'm telling you as a receiver, like you're like, man, just give me the ball. It's only third and one. I can make this catch. Don't, don't, you know, and, uh, I mean, like, hey, I, I hadn't gotten to a rhythm. Like, give me the fucking ball. Yeah. I'm a little bit. <laughs> no, Sarah, I apologize. <laughs> I'm angry. But so you're sticking I, up for Rashad I, here. I am. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I get what. I get what Lamar is seeing, but they weren't in rhythm the entire game. So that's where, like, I know Rashad's like, man, just give me the ball. It's third and one. I, you know, I can make this catch. We'll live to fight another down. We'll live to fight another series. And I I, I get it. But, like, you know, that 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 the air, the, the moisture, all that, this ain't, you know, when receivers do that, this sub, subconsciously is like, yo, you weren't hitting me in, you know, like that, that, that flow. And, and yes, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't know why I'm biting my tongue, but I'm biting my tongue partly because it seems that when I say something, my words are like flipped around. I'm not saying that it's, it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's a thing that could be corrected to be better for next time. And at the same time, like, I, I just feel like there are times where in that particular play, I saw that from the press box, and I'm like, get rid of the ball right now, Lamar. Get rid of the ball right now. Like, get, get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Okay. And, you know, there's a couple of different guys. I'm, I'm a YouTube-aholic. So there's a couple of different former quarterbacks that be breaking down film, and I'm watching them, and they're talking about, you know, the different route concepts and all the things. And, you know, whether it be Josh Allen or Lamar or, uh, heck, Brock Purdy, all those guys. And, and what you see is there is just this, this, you know, timing and that sense of like, get rid of the ball. Ha, ah, lift and fight another down. Ha, ah, you know, you got to fit it through those tight windows. So I'm like, is it a scenario where he, you know, the throwing lane isn't right there? What is it that he saw that he felt like he needed to hold on to the ball? And then the scramble of it itself was like, Ugh. you know, so... I, that's that's what my frustration is, because there are times where he does it. The the touchdown to Zay, um, he he got out of the, the he got out of the the pressure extremely well, and yeah, he was able to find Zay and obviously you know make the grab and, and touchdown and all that. But in that particular moment, you know that late in the game, rhythm wasn't there, and it's hard you know as a receiver when you don't have that rhythm. My point is is that if you've given them rhythm. Earlier on in the game, mother of pearl. Now your boys are are in. They got a flow. They got a feel. They got like, yes, I can help you. Let's go. Let's go. And I didn't feel that that was established. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm glad that you're here so you can stick up for for Bateman from like a wide receiver perspective. And it, it's it's funny because you're in the press box and you can see it all. When I when we were watching it live because the screen is so close you can't see what's going on with the route. So to me, it was just like, it wasn't there. And it felt like Lamar could have scrambled to get an easy first down. I mean, the good news is they ended up converting on the next play on fourth, but I think 
So, so definitely on this play, when, once I see it now, it's like, okay, likely was there. Yes, and yes, to your point, you could have dumped it off at, at Bateman quicker, or he could have scrambled and got the first down. There were like three different ways that that third down could have been converted and you wouldn't have needed the fourth down. To me, with, with this Baldy play also, and I'm, I'm guessing, uh, Bobby, why you brought it up, is take, take this and kind of like more look at it from the entire season. Yes. It doesn't feel like Lamar and Rashad has been on the same page. You know what I mean? And and to to your point, you brought up the Zay one. Once I got to see Zay's Zay's touchdown play zoomed back, I'm like, Zay knows what Lamar wants. So as soon as he saw that Lamar was in trouble, he knew to like break straight out and go because he knows that's what Lamar likes. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, I agree with you. The third down play could have been converted three different ways. But if you if you look from a big pitcher standpoint, it's like, is is Lamar and Rashad ever going to get on the same page? Right. Because we all know Rashad has been through a ton in life over the last year or so, really since he's been drafted when you talk about injuries and all that other kind of stuff. And so, you know, you have a lot of patience and grace with that. And at the same time, this is going to be his fourth year, right, coming up. You yep. need to have a PQ like you need to have a PQ like outing in year four because in three years, and there's reasons for it, the injuries and his personal life and all that. And yet in year four, the pressure is going to be on that you figure out how to get on the same page with your quarterback and you two communicate to where you figure out moments like this. And not just this, but we were really, it, it's been all year. We've been saying, oh, yes. the game's going to come for Rashad. The game's going to come for Rashad. Just watch. It's going to get here. And it never, ever, ever came. And Q, that's, and Q, let me, can I just set you yeah, up, Q? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 when, when this is the problem with Sarah and I, once we get into the weeds, <laughs> I get all of a sudden, Listen. okay, so not this. But go ahead, Bobby, be traffic cop. I know what you're about over there. Uh, we, we love that you're here, too, because this is great perspective. But I wanted to, so, that's precisely why I brought it up because it was a microcosm of, of what we had seen collectively throughout this entire season. Outside of Zay Flowers, not to just pick up on, on Rashad, right? Because that's what we're doing right now with this specific example. Nobody showed up receiver-wise for him. Outside, uh, Zay showed up. He just uh, outside of Zay. Zay showed up. Out, yeah. Outside of Zay, yeah. who, had, who had five for 115, including that long of 54. Um, so, so cute. The fact that, I mean, the investment that they made this offseason, I think what's most disappointing, maybe even more disappointing than their inability to establish a run, is that their investment outside of their first-round pick really did not pay dividends in a do-or-die playoff game. It had in the past, and they wouldn't be here without it. But when, when all the chips were on the line and all the stakes were out there for the taking, they, they, they didn't show up outside of Zay. I, I will say this. So, you know, I, I got the, the book that, you know, every time after the game, you know, they give you the complete rundown, all the stats and everything. And I rarely, if ever, would get the first quarter summary or the second quarter summary because I'm like, ah, I got the book. It doesn't really matter. But I got the first quarter summary and the second quarter summary. And my point is, is that there was not a single target. The first quarter summary, it was Zay, one target, one catch, 30 yards. Mark Andrews, one catch, nine yards. Nelly had to drop, so he had one target. Yeah. In the second quarter, it was Lamar to himself. Zay had three targets, only one catch, nine yards. Isaiah had one for six. 
Justice Hill and Nelly, neither one of them had a completion, but they were targeted. My point was there's no rhythm to get me the ball. Um, that is an easy. So, for example, there are individual routes that I know that I'll be a primary guy on. And if I'm that primary guy, like my juices start to flow because I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to get a chance to, to be the primary guy. And that's where I think, you know, it's, it's imperative for Todd Munkin to call that stuff. But it's also imperative to be creative within the calling so you can have a sustained drive. And I think that's the point as I'm looking down this first quarter. I mean, you saw where, yeah, like from a Kansas City standpoint, they knew their guys were. They called things to get them the ball. Patrick Mahomes didn't have to do anything. Um, at the same time, on the flip side of it, there was no rhythm. There was no rhythm in changing up the run to run. And the credit to Kansas City Chiefs defense, I mean, them dudes was like, you know, stun, uh, stunning the offensive line at the point of attack. So there really wasn't those, those nice big holes that we were accustomed to seeing. And so I think angle blocks and or zone blocks would have been something that could have helped. Didn't see it. But then from a receiver aspect of things, like, hey, man, you know, give me some individual routes. Give me a quick route. Give me something. And, and then it comes to T. Martin and Lamar to kind of like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. This is my thought. Let's go out there and do it. And then he got to like, like, again, that scramble on third and one in the fourth quarter. I'm like, you know, Isaiah came open. Get it to him. Uh, you know, if you saw immediately uh, the way you were trying to do it, you were trying to out leverage and you had – Zay kind of come in and occupy, I think it was like a linebacker that kind of, you know, wheeled out. In my mind, I'm like, you know, Zay, get it to Zay right now. Or if you feel like the moment is too big for him and experience only, then that's where you get in and you bring in Odell Beckham. And homeboy is going to be clutch for you because he understands how to like sit in a hole or make some. And he started in that regards later on in the game, but it's too little too late. Whereas if they would have had it sooner, I think that's that's where you start, as I would say, you know, uh, Munkin is cooking. He, he never gave Lamar a chance to get into a rhythm. Yeah, and I like we talked about, or I talked about in the beginning, like abandoning your identity, and I mostly focused on the run game. But I also felt like when talking about a rhythm – we talked all week coming into it. Is Mark Andrews going to steal Isaiah Likely's targets? Like, what are you going to do? Like, these tight ends were not featured barely at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you have two, in my estimation, two top 10 tight ends. And they were not featured. They were not featured at all. Then, like, with this blitz coming more than half the time, you thought that they would have learned the lesson from Houston where they kept dropping back and then made the halftime adjustments to where you had more quick passes, these screens. And they did it for like a second. They did it for like a second, and Justice Hill was converting. I remember Lamar hit him on these outside uh, uh, passes, and and Lamar hit him in, like, <laughs> putting him in, in going forward, and he converted. And it was just like, where were these short passes – to to Justice Hill out of the backfield. Where was Isaiah Likely? Where was Mark Andrews? It's just like 
it wasn't just that they abandoned the run identity. Like, to your point, there was no rhythm in the passing game because you weren't even going to your stars with these quick passes that worked in the second half against the Texans. It literally, I'm looking again around the six minute, 18 second mark. Uh, yeah, uh, they're cooking. Unfortunately, um, that's when, you know, the uh, Omen, Omen Ahu, boy, now the pressure's on me to say his name. Correctly. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> the tables have turned. <laughs> he comes off the edge, he's stacking Lamar. That was in the second quarter after a touchdown. So now Kansas City gets a short field, but defense, okay, they hold. Baltimore gets the ball back. It's shotgun, 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 shotgun. To everyone's point, yes, that would have been an opportunity to be creative, to allow for an opportunity to run the football and or use a lot, utilize the, the, the dual threat of Lamar. So they didn't, and it was, you know, shotgun left uh, into Baltimore for eight, uh, 18 for five yards. Um, pass, Lamar Jackson had a pass, uh, short left. Oh, that was him hit, you know, catching his own pass. Okay. But then it was Zay who had it for one yard. That was a in the round, which I was like, man, yeah, whatever, you know. But the incomplete pass to Justice Hill, I was like, dang, dude, do something creative. Now it's third and nine, and that was the incomplete pass to Zay Flowers, which I think that was like the, the one bubble, which I was like, dude, that was just a, like, Todd, what are you doing? Like, I, I, did, I didn't like that sequence. I think that sequence was a microcosm of the entire game. Like, you didn't get anybody involved, and and – you know, that would have been a great opportunity to have some some quick game uh, going on, and they just failed to do it. And, and the score was still 14-7, but it felt like it was, you know, 35, you know, 12 or something crazy. Right. You know, it just right. it, the momentum, you know, they never got a chance to reestablish or establish any momentum for that matter. Let's continue to discuss uh, Zay Flowers. Obviously, he, he was the lone playmaker for Lamar that showed up in, in a big way and he was a big part of why the game okay let me make sure I say this right he had a big impact on the game he also had two significant errors that had an equal impact at the goal line the fumble and although they continued the drive after the taunting the, the taunting call that was a thing let's cut to Ravens productions here he as as you'd expect he would because he's got high character uh address the media post game your teammates support and everything that happened be the good and the bad in this game how do you describe it i mean those are my brothers so they're gonna ride with me right around no matter what so it's all and just the emotions i guess of the season and just getting to this point can you describe what that has been like i mean you know it's fun winning then you know you get to the playoffs you want to win but sometimes the team on the best team always wins so that's all did you think you broke the plane at the goal line um, yeah, yeah, I thought I did, honestly, but, you know, I learned from my mistakes. Say, what are you feeling in your heart and in your head right now? Wanting to win, that's it. Yeah. Say, there was, sorry, there was some speculation about you maybe cut your finger after the, the fumble, just what happened there on the sideline? 
Nah, I had a, had a cut already. Just opened up again. So you're one of the younger stars of this team. You guys have a lot of talent here. You did some special things this year. I, I know it's tough to think this way right now, but how much do you think about the potential of what you guys can do in years to come right now? Um, you know, just try to come back next year um, and get it done, you know, come back together as a team. Just a tough one, so just we got to work towards next year. How hard is it when the penalties seem like they're kind of going one way more often? Uh, honestly, that's something we anticipated. We said we was gonna play through it, but you know, can't you can't you can't make the calls for the rest. Offensively, did it feel like this game was going different for you guys, just with production-wise? Um, yeah, we didn't do what we wanted to, but we still had a chance to get it done. Justice just said he doesn't want you to feel like you're defined by one play. What does that mean to you that your teammates are talking like that right now? Uh, you know, like I said, those are my brothers. Uh, I ain't expect nothing different from them, so, um, you know, we all got each other backs. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So again, that, that's part of the scrum there with Zay. And uh, Q, I know you were on top of this. Tori Smith was on top of this. Several of our, our live viewers right now are on top of this. You guys notice who was in the background supporting them there? That was pretty cool, Eric DaCosta. Yeah, I, I just think uh, it's the little things. And, and to Tori's point, and also just the, the bigger picture, when today's NFL is not like, you know, yesteryear's NFL where, you know, Tori's like, eh, hey, man, that support is critical. And I know even for me, you know, there were times where, uh, heck, we were playing the Chicago Bears when I was with the Minnesota Vikings, and it was a critical point in the game, and 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 I'm running a kickoff return, and I'm I'm seeing a hole, and I, I got loose with the ball. My hand came out, and a guy knocked the ball out. Boom, it's fumbled. Uh, they recover it, and so they wind up winning on a late field goal. Denny Green comes over to me. You know, he kind of puts his hand on my shoulders like, hey, Keep your head up. That's not your fault. We'll get it corrected. Let's go. And that meant a lot. I think that's rare because now today's player, you have to invest in more than just, you know, sitting there and, you know, kind of being uh, a standoffish or, yeah, you know, you're, you're here, collect your paycheck, no worries. All the good teams and good organizations, you know, a player wants to know that they belong because if they feel like they belong, they're going to, yeah, they're going to work for you harder. So I think it was really important for EDC to be there. 
It, it's very rare. That is that is very rare. I, I I can't recall too many times. There's been a couple. It's in big big moments where the GM shows up. First of all, to a press conference, let alone a scrum in a locker room. Uh, I definitely remember a couple where they were there for a press conference, but a scrum is another level in in the locker room. And I think that just shows, as it should, that Eric DaCosta and company realize that the future of this receiving core is Zay Flowers. That young man came to play. And there's certain things that you like, or you come out of this game and you say, this is unacceptable. And it's abandoning, it's abandoning their identity, right? Zay Flowers coming with too much fire. I've always, I've stolen this from, from the Steelers, Mike Tomlin. He said, I'd rather play a, rather tell a player, whoa, than go. Right. <laughs> so fine. You were an AFC championship game. Against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Sneed, the defending Super Bowl champions, and you try to make a play. And you did it in the right way with two hands on the ball, as John Harbaugh pointed out. And Sneed, he made a play. And I, I'm going to go back, by the way. I'm tired of these goal line plays going against the Ravens. There is time and time and time again where this keeps happening on the goal line. We'll get to that another time. Back-to-back years. Back-to-back years, <laughs> yeah. number one. Go back to Lee Evans. Go back to when uh, A.B. reached over and Eric Weddle was trying to – I mean, it's time and time again that these goal line plays are going against the Ravens. Like, like would A.B. reaching over? Nobody said it was wrong for him to do that, you know? Like, he was trying to make a play, and it worked out. And for Zay, it didn't. This young man was one of the few people on offense that had fire, that had fire. So you know what? Next time he's going to have to learn like the Travis Kelseys of the world. Go up to a certain point where you get under their skin, not where you're getting the penalty. He's going to learn that. But there's so it's unacceptable the game plan. But Zay trying to make a play, and they're and they're all pro corner making a bigger play. Yeah. That you can you can live with and realize that you're going to learn. So I'm glad that EDC was there. It was sad to see Zay like that. He's usually beaming with a smile. I hate to see his head down like that, but he cares so much. But of anybody moving forward, it's Zay Flowers that I have the least concerns about. Hey, Cuke, I really want to get your perspective on, on something that Sarah just mentioned here, and it was the Travis Kelsey nugget. Not that they couldn't stop him in the first half. And that was obviously something that that was a major factor in this. And he went on to have just a tremendous game and looks like he's sipping from the fountain of youth now entering the Super Bowl for the, what, the fourth time in five years. It's become all too familiar. But something that he did from the jump, quite literally from the jump, when he and Patrick Mahomes took issue with where Justin Tucker was setting up pregame, as he always does, right? He, he kind of embraced that villain role. He, he became an antagonizer. And you tweeted it during the game, right, that essentially the bully – was getting bullied, whether it was in the trenches, whether it was the game within the game, between the whistles, you name it. Sarah and I had a, a good conversation about this last night. That, to me, was the most jarring part of, of last night. It's that they allowed themselves to essentially get beat at their own game philosophically, the way that they tone set, the way that they, they talk in between the whistles. And so with Travis Kelsey, I felt like, he had a major impact on this game away from the actual statistical side of things. And he was in their head. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe the, the lack of discipline. 
Yeah, I, I was shocked too because you have veterans that, you know, they've been in these big moments before. And, you know, like a guy like a Kyle Van Noy, he's he's a really good, you know, he I felt he had understanding of good gamesmanship and and doing things along the lines of a Travis Kelsey. Uh, so when you're right, Travis Kelsey kind of gets up and I first saw it when he kind of like, you know, shoved Kyle Hamilton, Kyle on one of the Ravens uh, productions. I think it was like the lounge or whatever. He was talking about, hey, you know, are you a big talker? He's like, no, nah, I'm not a big talker. I don't talk junk unless somebody, you know, initiates it. But for the most part, I just go about my job. And so Travis kind of pushed him and then pushed him really physical and then kind of like, you know, let go. He retaliated. And then you could see where, you know, he started jawing at him. And I think that, you know, threw off what Kyle was all about. And then clearly, you know, he makes a amazing play and that's why he's a Hall of Famer and all the things as far as just a touchdown catch and a hell of a throw by uh, Patrick Mahomes trusting his guy. When it came to Roquan, he grabbed Ro- Ro- Roquan was about to walk away. Roquan was like, yeah, man, you know, and I was like, grabbed him even harder. Yep. You could see where he was like, yo, he kind of like, yo, you ain't doing this to me. Oh, yeah. But that's when Kyle Van Noy comes over there, and I could see where Kyle was like, yo, chill. And that stupid ref, like, it it, <laughs> it bothers me when refereeing, like, we when I was a part of the Ravens broadcast booth, like, that's where the term Mother of Pearl came about. <laughs> because I was so angry, and I knew, I was like, man, I'm on radio, and I am not about to drop a couple of F-bombs. And, like, I am, I am, I am livid, like, literally put my hand on the mute button and like, you know, just, oh, because you, you doggone know this is a big championship game. You have your freaking meetings in the freaking ref locker room about what to see, not see, you know, you had, you know, whatever memos that was sent from the freaking league office, as far as like the whole flow of it, like, give me a freaking break. You saw what happened. And then Kelsey, like, you know, oh, and, and you're going to throw the flag. I'd have been like, de-escalate it. Don't escalate it. And, and like, I know Kyle must be feeling like, damn it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, that ref, that's just that stupid BS. It's got to be offsetting penalties. That's what it's got to be. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and Travis then, by the way, according to their definition for what Zay got flagged for, he then taunts the flag coming out. Travis right. was celebrating the flag coming out. So yeah. it, to me, it was it was such a that's such a brutal, almost like psychological thing for the Ravens to have that happen in that moment. Not only do they break down from a um, a discipline standpoint, but then it doesn't it, it it only goes one side. And so the guy who was doing it all game long, in Travis's case, gets away with it. So what do you think he's going to do next time? He's going to do the exact same thing. That's something that Patrick Queen talked about post game. Here he is. Getting in your head on the defensive side, especially Kelsey and some of the places. Not at all. I live for talking. So you can talk all you want. That's my game. So if you want to do that, we can rumble, we can tumble, we can do all that stuff. After the game, you still won't get it up. We can get it up. I don't care. That That's my type of game. So um, that's our type of game, actually. That's what we feed off of. And um, we started, started settling down a little bit in the second half. Um, we're just doing what we do. 
How hard is it going against Mahomes in these big games? It's tough. Um, you know, one of the greatest top two quarterback in the league between him and Lamar, whoever, whoever they want to take. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's tough. Uh, he can make plays, he can make any throw, he can buy time, do what he got to do. And um, that's what we were trying to limit him from doing. And, you know, there's times where he escaped and did what he needed to do. And that's why I said we didn't cap capitalize on the opportunities that we had. Right, Lamar's always going to have to do that. Just uh, your desire to be back here, uh, to be a part of this, this yeah. great defense that you guys assembled? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm gonna just take my time. I'm gonna think everything through. Take my time. Think about this loss. Embrace the loss. Um, just feel it. Let it be. And, um, you know, just see where it goes. Honestly. Last one. Let's get back to the, the future stuff in a little bit because the reason why I brought that up was was the first part of his answer, and he was saying that the that that's the what game. Was that the they... first question? I I didn't catch the first yeah, question. Yeah. Let's cut back to it. Let's see. Sorry. Mentally getting in your head on the defensive side, especially Kelsey and some of the plays. Not at all. I live for talking. So you can talk about you want. <laughs> That's my game. So if you want to do that, we can rumble, we can tumble, we can do all that stuff. And the game, you still won't get it up. We can get it up. I don't care. That, <laughs> that's my type of game. So um, that's our type of game, actually. That's what we feed off of. And um, I'm sorry it started settling down a little bit in the second half. Um, we're just doing what we do. Okay. How hard? So I got it now. So, yeah, I mean, he, he clearly was not backing down whatsoever. And, and, and that is his game. But I felt like he even at times yesterday crossed the line in terms of Kelsey bothering him. It just felt like there was, whether it was him, whether it was Kyle, the, the play that you noted, Q, whether it was uh, Van Noy in that, in that moment uh, with, with Roquan <laughs> and, and Travis, it just seemed as if there was too much uh, – um, too much between the whistles for my liking based on what we had seen all year long. I think one thing, you know, again, I'm walking out of the tunnel going on to the field. It's the, you know, championship trophy presentation, Lamar Hunt, whatever. Well, I see my guy, uh, T Sizzle, you know, he's waving, you know, to the fans and he's like, cute turnover. So we go over there and, Literally, this was a tweet, by the way, not to interrupt you. This was his post-game tweet, right? Put on my glasses so I can see. <laughs> Throw those suckers on. He made complicated by coaches. And yeah, <laughs> because he made he made such a great point. We are looking at a young Ravens squad in this moment compared to a veteran been there, done that type of a team in the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know, obviously you put up the stat. As far as um, you know, Mahomes and Brady comparison, and the one what four uh, AFC titles that he's won, but he's been in it six times. Um, you know, he's been in Super Bowls. He's you know has that resume, and I think part of it is that you know he has his his go to uh, ride or die in Travis Kelsey. Well, Travis ain't a fool either, so huh. Going up against Baltimore. Huh. Notice how they'd be like punking other guys and it intimidates them. Let me go ahead and be the veteran and squash all that. And then it puts us as a team, it kind of gives us a bravado and us a, a look at like, yo, we all about this life. And that's where I think, you know, he did an, uh, an amazing job of that psychological warfare but then you even look at what, you know, defensively, like, I mean, them dudes was hitting. And I, I just didn't see, you know, this Ravens ball club. And, again, it goes back to coaching. 
as well. And 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 Sarah, you mentioned it. You know, I'll land a plane on this, but you know, Skep obviously has been talking with you, and you know, he and I have been going back and forth with it too. But so goes ahead, so goes the rest. And from that aspect, what is Andy Reid doing that's given his teams those chances year in and year out, and his staff creative, you know, juices and 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 pushing buttons in a positive way that Harbaugh isn't doing with himself and his staff for all those different, you know, scenarios that you mentioned that they keep coming up short. So real quick on, on what PQ said there. So I believe PQ when he says, no, he didn't get in my head. That's what I do. I love to talk crap. Right. And he's like, I'll play this way. I believe him. I believe the Ravens defense like that, likes that. Just like I believe that he likes to hit people. Nobody, no, I don't believe that he's not afraid to hit people. They like to be physical. That's, to me, not, not the point, right? It's how do you be physical and intimidating in a way that, like, you're not getting flagged, but your opponent is getting flagged? That's the game within the game. Yes. yes. Uh, there's no way that Kelsey really intimidated PQ. I don't believe that for a second. I don't think Kelsey intimidated Roquan or Van Noy or any of that. I don't think he intimidated any of them. But he played the game, the refing game, better. So in some way, that whole interaction where, like, yes, the ref should have called <laughs> offsetting penalties. I think the ref should have called offsetting penalties. But that's what the Ravens have to realize. That doesn't always happen. So you got to be like, oh, crap, I can't retaliate. I'm going to be the instigator on the next one and make him retaliate against me. That's the way it's got to be played, and that's the way it's got to go down. For me, the coach, the refereeing stuff that I was more upset with was, was the clear tackle of Isaiah Likely, right, on, on one of the last plays of the game, or, or the OBJ one, or even though Lamar made a, a poor decision to throw into triple coverage, technically by the rules, the refs, should have bailed them out because it, they they clearly made contact before, and so we lost um, we lost Bobby. He disappeared. Oh, we lost. So <laughs> I'm sure he'll come back in. One other yeah. thing I want to say, since we're talking about the refs, Q, you may have yeah. seen it. I gave 11 takeaways last night, and of of right after the game ended, I put out 11 takeaways, and probably nine of them, I criticized the Ravens. Okay. One of them, I gave a prop to, I, I gave love to Hamilton and one, I just said it was going to sting. Then another, the only other one that wasn't criticizing the Ravens is I talked about the refs one out of 11 points. Okay. It made its way into chief circles and they, all they could focus on is, Oh, you're blaming the refs, blaming the refs. And that's all they could focus on. So when they were doing that, when I make one point, when clearly I was blaming the Ravens overall, but made a point about the refs too, to me, the Chiefs fans were telling on themselves by focusing on one out of 11 points, that's a guilty conscience right there. You know as well as I that those refs missed some massive, massive plays that would have gone the Ravens' way. Not that I'm saying that the Ravens would have won it, but to make one point out of 11 and that's all you focus on, you're telling on yourself. Spot on, spot on. I think with the way uh, the refereeing was going and you could just see that second half, like, I mean, you know, you get your post-game notes and, you know, 
talk about the second half surge. They only had 98 yards in the second half. They only had 29 yards on the ground. And they only in the Ravens defense only permitted just 3.3 yards per play. Um, and clearly didn't give up any points. So you had help, Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to call yourself, we call ourselves the flock, you call yourselves the kingdom, bruh. Y'all got straight up help because literally from a momentum standpoint, any kind of momentum, it was met with a flag that was kind of like, what? And then it's also interesting, too, because Arthur Millette, you know, kind of got, you know, a little ding on his head. And I don't want to make light of the ding because it is if it's a concussion, it's a concussion or however. But like I thought that was like a defensive, you know, uh, player. And I thought that that was something that, you know, you you. Uh, have refereed out of the game and coached out of the game. But in that particular play, like, there was no call. And and that's what I'm saying, like, with the bullying. You know, Travis kind of gave a little confidence to guys, and then all of a sudden, um, I forget the receiver's name, but he goes ahead and, whoa, and hits Arthur Millette, you know, and I was like, oh, I was pissed. Because, like, I'm like, throw the flag. You've been throwing the flag for all the other stuff. Throw the flag for that. Again, it shocked me how the psychological warfare of the bullying actually it it just it flipped the script. Um, kudos to to Kansas City, but you're absolutely right. Those referees, you know, Chief Kingdom, you know, I'm I not necessarily a big fan of the 49ers, and and I do love good quarterback play, so I'm I'm a fan of. Patrick Mahomes in the sense that, yeah, sure, you know, go attack legacy and and try to see how you can stack up. I get it because I play with, you know, some Hall of Famers. I've seen other Hall of Famers play, and it's pretty cool to be on the opposite sideline and or be on the same, you know, sideline with, you know, high-level, you know, football players. But, man, I'm like, yo, let's go Niners. Let's go Brock Purdy. Let's see what y'all can do because I'm, I'm just pissed by the whole flow of it all. So we're two minutes out from locker room cleanout. What do we think are the biggest questions kind of going into a lot in a lot of ways? What could be some of these guys final times either, you know, representing the Ravens, speaking as as a Raven, right? Patrick Queen comes to mind. I mean, he spoke with them last night, so we'll see if if he's made available today. Uh, but Sarah, anything that's at the top of your mind with with going into locker room cleanout? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, Queen and OBJ both spoke to their futures last night, so I don't know that they would say anything different today. Um, Gino Stone seemed to see to say on an Instagram Live, so maybe they can catch up with him. He said, I'm not bleeping leaving, right? I'm not going to bleeping leave, something like that. Um, let's see. I, I We're not going to get this, though. I I really want to talk to coaches quite a bit. I mean, my guess is Lamar will probably not be in there. He'll probably try to dodge him, but he just spoke last night, too. Um, So, uh, David Clowney, I'd like to hear from him. I'd like to hear what, you know, if he'd be interested in returning. Somebody's going to pay him this (laughs) offseason. Yeah, it's kind of these these other one-year guys that were here, like Darby, David Clowney, um, uh, Arthur Mollette. Uh, lots, lots of guys like, oh, Van Noy, although Van Noy yeah. and Clowney, I mean, they're probably not going to make decisions again until August or September again. <laughs> so right. so that, that's, that's far away. But I mean, man, I just <laughs> wish we could get Munkin, quite frankly. I want to, I want to talk to him and I want to talk to Harbs again, which I'm assuming we will at some point this week. I tell you what, if, if, if Jadavian's probably been, uh, 
<laughs> empowered here that he doesn't have to show up to a training camp next summer, right? He doesn't want to these last couple of years. And and he just proved this year with the, with the resurgence that maybe he doesn't need it. I got Mike Mack up on the screen here, Q, before we get you in here, because I wanted to give Trippy some love. Trippy is is a super Raven super fan who always positions himself seemingly perfectly after the game to get catch up with coordinators on their way out of the stadium. And he had this exchange with Mike Mack last night. Let the world know you ain't going nowhere, Mike. Let him know, Mike. Yeah, so guy tripping, man. I ain't going anywhere. Raven spot. You heard that? I'm right. He ain't going nowhere. Hello? <laughs> so so shout out Trip doing the Lord's work. The problem is, Trip, is that just after that exchange, Adam Schefter tweets that Mike is scheduled to meet Monday night, meaning tonight, with Commander's owner Josh Harris, their new ownership group, their new GM from San Francisco, Adam Peters, and other leadership members. And then, Q, we also learned over the weekend that Seattle was sort of indeed that sleeper team. They've been quiet with, with not even requesting to interview him going into the weekend, but now they look to be showing interest as well. So this is something that's probably just as big as some of these key players that we just mentioned. And uh, based on what he's done in such a short amount of time and, and the way that he's looked at around the league as one of the bright minds, you got to think that he's going to be a, you know, a coveted candidate Q. One thing um, is, is not about the X's and O's about the Jim's and Joe's. That was what Kyle Hamilton was, you know, kind of echoing uh, to the coaching staff uh, earlier uh, in the week of preparation, um, Rod Woodson, Hall of Famer, who does the Ravens broadcast currently, he uh, and I were talking before the game, and I was like, man, you know, singing, you know, uh, McDonald's praises. He goes, yeah, no, 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 he's good. But you also better look at and recognize Agent Zero when he got here, his effect on defense. What was the defense like prior to compared to now? They run to the football. Everyone is held accountable. And they all look good. So my point is not saying that he can't be a head coach. I'm sorry. I'm sure he can, but he better be in lockstep with whoever the general manager is. And he better have some horses because if you don't got any horses and at the same time, you don't got guys that love to keep each other accountable on the field. You're just another hot defensive guy or head coach. And next thing you know, you on the outside looking in. So there's some, uh, I guess what you're saying, okay, Adam Peters is uh, the general manager. He and Adam, and they better be BFFs and, and be a lockstep with, with vision if, in fact, you know, that interview, quote, unquote, goes successful. <coughs> is there anything to add before we jump? Uh, I mean, Mike's, Mike's, you know, playing to the fans right there. I don't think he can make any promises that he's not going to be here. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> All right, so as as promised, uh, again, we have locker room clean-out coming up. Well, it's supposed to happen two minutes ago, but but obviously uh, that'll start to trickle out, I'm sure, content related to that. So we will have something coming up later today. Q, what do you have? What's going on? Your, your off-season begins. Uh, you just finished up another purple pregame and postgame with Mark Viviano season there together on WJZ. We know you hop on with Ostriker every other week. So what, what do you have coming up this week and, and, and into the off-season besides golf yeah. with me? No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I get a chance to hang out with you guys, obviously, uh, with Kevin Allstriker and, and on the uh, his podcast and his platform. Um, it's it's crazy because I know from an off-season standpoint, just with mental training alone, like now it, it ramps up even more. I got a lot of team training before soccer teams and baseball teams go out to the respective fields when the fields clear up. So, 
I'm, I'm training from, uh, I think it's like 8U all the way up to 13U and just having a blast with it. The, I, I talk about structure of feet all the time and how the platform of the feet is right. It sets your entire body up correctly and helps avoid injury. So it cracks me up because some of my soccer kids, the one girls, they came in, coach, we're in school and I see these kids and their feet are out like this. And I just like, oh my God. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, that is correct. I was like, show them a picture uh, on your phone since you got it of Ed Reed and how Ed Reed runs. We're trying to get you to run like Ed Reed. Will you be Reed? No. But will you move like him and stay durable? Yes. That's what we're trying to train. And so I love it that they're they're kind of equating, hey, if I move better, I'm going to play better. So I, I got all that. And yes, finally, I'm going to get that stupid pink freaking tuxedo and we're going out golfing. And I'm going to hit some drives. I'm going to put my mind out in this stupid pink tuxedo because <laughs> I'm fanboying over our guy, Charlie Kohler. And so that is that. You know when we got to set that up, Bobby? Bobby? Yeah. Ed, Clark, Ed, Ed, Ed Block Courage Award time because I'll be in town. Okay. You know All what right. I mean? All right. Right? I mean, most likely oh. I will. It's not, it's not solid, 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 but or early April. Cause I have to be there for it to be able to like roast you and cook you and all that. fun oh. stuff. <laughs> I like the way this is all setting up thinking with Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely. What were you thinking? I, I honestly thought that training camp, since it was, everything was new and they weren't as tight and centric and, you know, Eric, as much as we love EDC and he loves to acquire talent, Man, you gotta you gotta look at that 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 purse string, and honor the salary cap. And I was just like, huh, you know, Kohler had a really good solid game in the playoffs, and that means he's locked in from the standpoint of his mindset. If he has a great training camp, he doesn't cost anything. We knew I already knew, and I've been pumping Isaiah from day one. I already knew what Isaiah was going to do, so I was like, man, you know, Isaiah. Charlie, they're just, you know, two inexpensive dudes compared to Mark Andrews. Meh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that didn't age well. Okay. And now he's going to be getting fitted. Now he's going to be getting fitted. And, and hey, <sighs> I'm already – I got Hayfield's Country Club on deck on speed dial. We'll, we'll line up a little – we're not just going to go to any track. You know, we're, we're going to go do it right. And, and you and I and Sarah could be involved as well since since she wants she's calling out the specific weekend. So I like that. <laughs> and uh, but but yeah, lots lots to come this offseason. We know we're going to call on you uh, whenever whenever, you know, you allow us your time, which which is always appreciated. So missiletraining.com is where you can find out uh, more about what Q's doing on the side, even though it's not really the side. It's what you do full time. Uh, the broadcasting stuff and, and, and still having a foot in football is is your is your side also, right? Absolutely. Complete opportunity to be passionate about life. And as opposed to I have to do, I get to do. And my I get to do is do what I do from a media standpoint for the last 20 some odd years. And I get to give a chance to help young athletes understand how to move better and old people who want to just live a productive life, how to help them have their movement brilliance too. I love it. We appreciate you, Q. And we will, uh, Sarah and I will be back later on today, obviously, with however this whole locker room clean out unfolds. So we appreciate you guys for dropping by this live stream. 
and we will talk to you later today.